Let's get at her. I was like, let's get at her. That's exactly what I was about to say. Don't know what that means, but. Skedaddle. 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 Hmm. Weird. It's too close to get. It's too close to skedaddle to be scattered. Too close to scatter to be skedaddle. So it's like skedaddering. It's like it's like skedaddling, but you all go in different directions. All right. Add it to it. the lexicon. Nailed it. Ready? Ready. Welcome to Justice Losers, a podcast where we talk about pop culture, media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. Gone back to doing it fast again. Did I? That was pretty quick. Oh, I think I'm overcompensating for the fact that I'm absurdly tired. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Just get this over with and so I can go to bed. Was it last week that was like the the most naturally low energy or was it the week before? I don't remember. It was one of them. It's recently, yeah. I, I, listened, I remember it I happened. Listen to the beginning of it. And I was like, uh, as I was taking the breath, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be slow. So I, think, I guess I overcompensated and just went straight to being fast. <laughs> I'm super, super tired right now. Yep. I'm Batmat. I don't think I've actually just said I'm Batmat straight up in about a month. I kind of just go off on my own thing or comment on your intro. Yeah. That's how we do things. Yep. This is a weird, boring episode. I think it'll be good. Matt, what should people do? People should... People should like. There we go. We gotta subscribe get <laughs> and tell a friend. <laughs> Ever seen that? Can you quack video? Nope. Oh boy, that's a that's a nightmare fuel. I'll tell you that. Uh, you like watching penises? On occasion. All right. Well, you'll you might like that vid- that might that video. It's a penis wrapped in an American flag. All right. I'm into it. Thing is, I'm fully accurate on it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, that's why I tell that thing. God, yep. Preston, I should have I should have had coffee before this, but it's given that it's eight o'clock. That'd be an irresponsible on a Wednesday. decision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, subscribe, tell a friend. Specifically, check out our Facebook. That's the usual good go-to one. We post our episodes there. Yep. And um, I don't know. I haven't written a movie review in about eight months, and I kind of want to start doing them again. I just. You say that Don't. every single time. Yeah. I was really good about it for like a year. Yeah. Basically from Black Panther to, um, I don't know, what came out winter 2019, uh, Aqu- or 2018, Aquaman. Yeah, Black Panther to Aquaman. I wrote reviews for basically everything I went and saw. You know what's weird? We've been doing this long enough that we can say we did something for a year in the duration of having done a podcast it's strange and it's still far in the past yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is a we've, we've got enough time under our belt that that that's a thing now yep yeah so facebook i guess yeah we mostly just post the episodes there and occasionally like Even, try if, to if crowdsource. we remember you yeah. do better better at posting on that than i do yeah and we try to we try to crowdsource ideas for things i don't know incredibly Once unsuccessfully in a blue moon. yeah i don't think anyone's ever actually no people have actually done something gage put something there for our 100th episode okay the once upon a time in hollywood thing that neither of us saw the movie but yeah oh, turned into right. a conversation anyway yeah <laughs> all right uh, uh matt what you been up to um i've been liking and subscribing and telling no that's not what i'm supposed to say Woo, this is a <laughs> president needs to wake the fuck up uh because i'm not on top of my jokes yep so 
you know how October 1st rolls around and there's an entire subculture that suddenly goes, it's Halloween first and gets really excited and gets super into the decorations and everything. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. I do. Halloween, I do Halloween. really like that movie. It's a great Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's technically a Thanksgiving movie. Because it's like it's it's a Halloween movie about Christmas, but you take the average of it and it puts you on Thanksgiving. I guess <laughs> I have a whole argument about that. Um, maybe if we ever do an unpop an unpopular opinions too. Did we ever do that one? We did the first one, yeah. We did the first one? Okay. Yeah. Because we've talked about that since, like, day one. Yep. That was, like, one of those very, very first initial ideas of, of yep. redundant. Yep. <laughs> well, because we had that, that joke. No joke. I... <laughs> Never Matt, mind. You just mouthed something to me. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Oh, that's right. That's... I, I, yep. I think okay. I put together yeah, what you said. You, I think you've got it. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Uh, So... Everyone gets excited October 1st for Halloween season. I can contain my excitement until October 12th, when it is the first day of Watchmen. Alan Mormus. Because Watchmen is October 12th through November 1st. And then remember, remember the 5th of November, we get V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. start of November. So I started rereading Watchmen because it's that time of year. And I'm so happy because it's <laughs> so good. The Watchmen show isn't out yet, is it? Uh, it's out it in out? four days. Okay, cool. Twentieth. We'll, we'll have to watch that, I guess. Yeah. And hey, I can finally begin justifying my fucking fifteen dollars a month again. Yeah. Because I nobody has watched anything on my HBO subscription. I don't have your login in three three months. So that is forty five dollars. It's just down the toilet. Yep. Give me your login. I want to watch Chernobyl. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah, you haven't seen that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a yeah. that was a sequence of sounds right there. Yeah um anyway yeah i started i started rereading watchmen um i've only read at this point the first issue and then the first like in between chunk uh-huh. um man it's so good though just the the writing and the um i i love the way they do the art because like the pan the, the pages are super organized how they're yeah. laid out it's just like nine panels three rows of three yep but then if it needs to blow up an image it'll just smush two panels together or smush four together mm-hmm. or very occasionally do just one big splash page kind yep. of thing um and it's a really efficient way of letting alan moore's writing do a lot of the talking mm-hmm. but it also the i like the, the like the colors are good and i don't know how to talk about comics art I'm that is class for that but they, we actually there was a couple things you were saying that i felt could be interesting discussion on comic book reviewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned it last week. I think we, we did, but let's mention it again. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, at some point relatively soon, uh, once Matt has read all of my Batman collection mm-hmm. and then reads Batman Eternal, we're going to review Batman Eternal. Um, this going to be the first time we ever reviewed a comic book. We have no idea how the fuck to review comic books. But best way to start something is get it started. Exactly. Um, that's the reason that you guys have. I mean, I feel like Gage is probably the one who uh, Gage and Mark, I guess, are probably the ones who experience it the most. Like my growth in how to actually like review a movie from the first review to like the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I mean it's gonna keep. I'm gonna keep getting better at it. But right now the Joker's <laughs> the pinnacle of like being able to analyze a movie because yep. I fucking talked about the going the up and down the stairs and, like yeah. just every tiny detail <laughs> but like the first one guardians he was like oh, that was kind of funny yeah 
Made him cry once. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we decided we're just going to dive in and try to review a comic book. First million will be fucking garbage, but we'll see how it goes. That million and once, it'll be something. Yep. It's going to be interesting, though, because we'll have, we'll have to read the same comics, mm-hmm. <laughs> which kind of negates that initial idea of me being the DC and you being the Marvel person. We'll just review Image Comics. Oh, we should do Kill or Be Killed. Yeah. Reread that and do it. Yeah. That'd be fun. And Witches. I've been looking for an excuse yes. to reread Witches. Yes. So I love that one. I'll just start making a list of movies to review. Or comics, uh, com- comics to review. Yep. Should we... Those will be like movie Let's... reviews where it's going to be a separate thing. Yeah. Because we can't... Yeah. We'll discuss this later. Yep. <laughs> so we're getting yeah. to the point of the behind the scenes discussion <laughs> we'll crowdsource some ideas on comics we should review on our facebook just us losers tied it back in yeah look at me callback reference to the thing i'm supposed to say in the intro anyway so yep yep anyway anyway uh watchmen so you know how we talked about uh joker being the closest thing comic book movies have to a capital f film mm-hmm. i think watchmen exceeds that boundary and is capital L literature as capital F film. (laughs) (laughs) I I know that's that's the term I use, Um, but yeah, no capital L literature. I I don't feel ashamed of saying that. I don't feel like it's like if there was a criterion collection of comics or like actual literature, literature, then that would be in it. Yeah. Like, uh, well time magazine put out a list of the hundred best novels of all capital t time mm-hmm. so everything since they started publishing in 1922 or something yeah and watchman was the only graphic novel that made the list there you go right up there with a bunch of hemingway and faulkner and steinbeck and gabriel garcia marquez and, yeah. and all the big 20 20th century hits yeah um but yeah no it's just it's so dense and psychologically incisive and um thematically resonant it just it's it's something else yeah it's cut above yeah um unfortunately it's making nightfall look kind of pale by comparison (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're reading a uh a master class in graphic novel writing yeah and also just a a 90s reason to get people to read comics again yeah (laughs) it's it's just oh yes yeah it's apples and oranges it's not bad but it's it's like stepping down from joker to guardians volume two it's apples and tap milk or tap water tap milk for fuck's sake (laughs) that's a that's drinking it straight out of the cow right (laughs) (laughs) just laying down on the ground sucking on the udder oh god oh i don't That's, i'm glad we don't do videos sometimes uh, that, that was what i just did was gif material that was a that was a lifelong gif right yikes there. yep there um, you go representation i say jeff he says gif we didn't get into it it's totally gif but we're not getting into it moving yep. on yep <laughs> giffers unite but <laughs> yeah no so i actually the last issue i read in nightfall is the the cover one the actual back break, break. yep um that one's a pretty good a uh, pretty good issue yeah like just the it because that's the one where bane explains that he's like I'm, i wasn't gonna break you until you were mentally already broken mm-hmm. and like uh, like i believe that's a pretty much a full bane monologue isn't it the whole time mostly i mean it so 
the way it's kind of laid out is the first part, at least, it cuts back and forth between Bane punches Batman, Batman flashback to fighting a villain or something. Gotcha. And just Batman being like, look, I gave everything I had and I have nothing left. Yeah. And then Bane just kind of ripping him apart. Yep. And yeah, it's extreme and 90s. And man, I never realized how much Bane was written just as like he's he's one of those characters where you can see the strings super hard yeah they just wanted someone that could beat batman and so they made up a character with the sole purpose of beating batman oh man cannot wait to get into batman eternal i want that line to be what you just said i want that soundbite to be kept and for us to bring that back Whenever we get around to reviewing Batman Eternal. Okay. Because it... Oh, I want to talk, but given that I just outed the fact that my idea has to do with Batman Eternal, it would totally spoil something huge. All right. And it's just... Oh, my butt's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. You should get that checked out. Nah. I'll be okay. That's the obvious joke. Don't go there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, Let's see. What else did I do? Oh, I, uh, I started watching The Killing the killing for the third or fourth time tried starting to watch it i needed a background show um because i'm working on this puzzle with some of my co-workers still haven't seen letter kenny i've seen the first season yeah i mean i started the killing because i forgot about letter kenny but gotcha um yeah it's a uh, it's so close to being a really good show the yeah. killing is that it's kind of depressing just how mediocre it is oh um it's so it's a police procedural sort of extended over story over the course of a season it's not just a crime of the week kind of thing yeah um with uh muriel enos i think is her name the mom from world war z i'm gonna yeah wow uh i remember brad pitt yeah his wife (laughs) um pulling up pictures her Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Nice yeah. chest thing, by the way. Thank uh, you. Are you like studying chess during the podcast? No, I was I was looking at a recap of the first round of the World Junior Championships um before I came to come record. Oh, gotcha. But uh and so it's just still open. Uh yeah, so she's she's the lead, she's a detective. It's her last day in rainy Seattle before she goes down to California to start a new job with um the soon to be stepdad of her child they're like planning the wedding mm-hmm. over the phone um and then a body turns up of a teenage girl in the first episode and so she has she decides to slash is forced to slash she really actually wants to solve this case mm-hmm. and so she hangs behind um she's partnered with joel kinnaman uh okay. who people would remember as the guy from altered carbon or rick flag from that horrible dc movie we never mentioned Mm -hmm. ha guess which one it is (laughs) suicide squad green lantern bvs the world will never know catwoman (laughs) yep there's a lot uh batman forever batman and robin yeah oh boy oh boy getting sad yep uh what was i saying something about the killing oh uh yeah so they they team up and they do some they're doing some crime solving and some investigating um they're a good pair of leads uh joel kinnaman's character is kind of unpleasant not just like he's a bad guy or he's a rough-edged guy just 
kind of comes across as a douche, mm. but he plays it really well. Gotcha. Um, and the the writing, I guess, sort of the macro level writing, like the storytelling and the way it sets up you to be uneasy about particular situations and characters and stuff is good but the micro level writing like the details and the the actual dialogue and stuff gets really bad in places yeah um especially because the the girl that gets murdered is a high school student Mm -hmm. and so they have to interview some of her friends and uh potential suspects that are like ex-boyfriends and stuff and oh my gosh is that cringy 35 year old trying to write 15 year old writing oof (laughs) like just everything is like totally um just not great well to be fair i have no idea how 15 year olds talk and i was one not too long ago it's mostly yeets and dabs now is it yep that's a fucking shame yep if i could figure it out yep letter i'm referencing letter kenny a lot <laughs> it's uh starting to become a problem yeah yeah letter kenny problem there's an intervention pro there's an intervention staged for saturday you missed i did i I missed it on purpose. <laughs> you fucking swerved that shit. <laughs> yep. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, the killing. Uh, yeah, the the dialogue gets just really annoying. Um, the first episode does this annoying thing where you read the episode description. It's a show called The Killing. You know a dead body's going to turn up. Yeah. And like four times in the first 15 minutes it fakes you out like okay this is the dead body or this is the dead body Hmm. this is the the dead person this is where the person gets killed and it just doesn't land it and it's so infuriating yeah um but muriel yunos is great she's she plays a really likable but sort of toned down good detective Mm they don't one thing i do really appreciate is they don't go out of their way to make her look good like physically mm-hmm. like she's an attractive woman but they they don't really put any makeup on her they don't dress her up in particularly fancy clothes they don't do anything special with her hair yeah and she just actually looks like a real person <laughs> <laughs> and uh it, it helps it makes her character i think more approachable and human seeming so cool. yeah um it's a solid background show so far all right uh what else did i also watched 27 dresses no idea what that is it's uh one of those mid-aughts rom-coms with, oh, okay. uh, either kate hudson or katherine heigl i get them mixed up <laughs> hannah's very ashamed of me that i get them mixed up oh yeah i'm so ashamed of you too i yep. don't know you any of them yeah any they're the, they're the leads in half of all rom-coms shot between 1998 and 2007 that's a very specific example or specific uh fact yeah it's almost like i'm making it up on the spot oh i'm making it up on the spot well you shouldn't have told me that i shouldn't have Because when you're like it's almost as if i was like oh he could be but i never know and it was schrodinger's fact yep (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah my humor is just like a rock bottom today (laughs) that was that was pretty good i appreciate that one uh yeah so this one is katherine heigl is uh of course a young attractive single woman who is obsessed with weddings um, so she goes to all of her friends' weddings and helps plan them, and is the the um, not best maid, maid of honor, maid of honor. That's the one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at like all of her friends' weddings, uh, the the opening scene is her 
running back and forth between two of her friends' weddings uh, on the same night. What the fuck? Yeah, she's basically all she lives for is work and weddings. Work, 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 weddings. Yeah, all I do is copyright infringement. Yeah. And it's a uh, you know it's a it's a fairly generic but charming in the positive connotation sense of the word little rom com. Yeah. Um, it's got several interesting character actors that show up so um uh her she's so the the handsome dreamy guy she meets is james marston who you might remember as cyclops from the original x-men trilogy oh wow uh and he's kind of a jerk but also plays it in a likable way Mm -hmm. which i guess is probably the archetype yeah um and uh, Jan from The Office is his boss. Oh. And uh, Kristen Ritter shows up as like a receptionist for like, she has like six lines and maybe what a minute What if she's not actually time. a receptionist? What if she's a private eye and she's spying on them? Yeah, it's entirely possible. What if she's a heroin addict that's overdosing and choking on her own vomit? Well, probably not when she's <laughs> sitting at the desk, but yes. <laughs> Ah, references to other things that actors have done. Ah, we're clever. Ah, we're the funniest. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then someone else. Oh, um, speaking of Watchmen, and I'm blanking on her name. Uh, her little sister, Catherine Heigl's little sister, is played by Silk Spectre, the young Silk oh, Spectre, okay. Malin Ackerman. Um, and she's kind of a, 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 I guess stereotypical ditzy blonde type. Yeah. Um. And she has way too much fun with that role. There's a couple of really good moments. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's 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 forgettable but fun. Okay, we'll say that. I have kind of a soft spot for stupid rom coms. Yeah. So. yeah, fucking weirdo. Yep. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Yeah, it's a good thing that you you took up like 20 minutes because I've been up to fucking jack shit. Nice. <laughs> uh, I read a couple issues of The Flash, which I don't remember, and I'm gonna go back and read again because I read them half asleep and half stressed. Uh, I'm moving everything in my house into my garage right now. Sounds fun. Because uh, we're replacing our floors. School is killing me. Uh, I'm drinking a lot. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, I There's a couple things I have done. Um, obviously, keeping up with Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Still pretty kind of okay. Um, that was just called Titans now. What did I say? Teen Titans. Ah, shit. Uh, Titans. Um, still Grown kind of okay. Uh, it's still a lot of course correction. There's still some pretty rough writing, but it's like, still better than the first season. Mm-hmm. And Letter <laughs> Kenny season seven was just dropped on Hulu a couple what? days ago. So I've been watching uh, those few episodes, which is why I'm referencing Letter Kenny a lot. You've been pittering and pattering and getting attering. I have said pitter patter about four times today. You've two of them to you. Yep. <laughs> um,. I said figure it out a couple times. Nice. I haven't did it in the group me. I don't know if you saw that one. Nope. Uh, yeah. No, so I'm quoting him a lot. That's so funny. Um, and oh, watching Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. With Tiercy. Yeah, we promised that we were going to do that episode. Yep. And then. Tiercy has not finished uh, Return of the King yet. She hasn't so held up her end of the bargain. We need to. Well, <laughs> 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 we're trying to schedule around both of us and. Yeah. Me being a nightmare on my own mm-hmm. and her being somewhat of a nightmare yep. just makes like an ultra nightmare and it's a, it's a nightmare. Uh, so we might watch it on 
Saturday after the game, maybe. Okay. I don't know. We'll try to figure it out. But the net, it, it's coming soon. Those episodes, right. are, those episodes are coming soon, um, either with or without Tier C. Okay. Um, so. Cool. Uh, I think that's all I've been up to. Yeah, I've been reading in my off moments. I've been using, actually utilizing my DC Universe uh, subscription to read like really, really, really old comics. Oh, okay. Um, and so I started reading Detective Comics number twenty-seven, and I've been working my way through that. Mm-hmm. Fucking cheesy shit. <laughs> like it's literally just Bruce Wayne with a cowl on driving around in in Bruce Wayne's car. Like <laughs> he was not trying to be discreet early on. Yeah. Um but and I also started reading uh I believe it's Batman 546 or Detective Comics 546 where Batwoman is that's that's the beginning of her run. Mm-hmm. Um because <sighs> To segue into this stuff, the CW is still going. Um, so, given that the CW is like doing Batwoman, like Batwoman is going now, DC Universe is like um, doing all like the get to know Batwoman. So they mm-hmm. they po- like put all like highlight all the things that you can read a lot about her, uh, which I love that they do. By the way, mm-hmm. like that's a great yeah great way to get people to read comics. If you have no idea where to start, like it's it's really it's uh, character oriented, and that's actually the way that I got into comics was character oriented, right? Uh, so like when I wanted to learn more about Nightwing, I started buying the two thousands run of Nightwing, um, but yeah, so that's happening. Uh, other news with that, there's shit like uh, we've seen um, Kingdom Come, Brandon Ruth, we've seen uh, Black Suit, Tom Welling. We've seen uh, 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 Kevin Conroy looks weirdly young right now because mm. he's all like cleaned up and healthy to fucking actually play Batman, which is mm-hmm. still weird to me. Uh, they just announced Spectre is going to be in it. They cast someone to play Spectre, which. Oh, fuck, dude. Like, that's one of the characters that like, unless you can really just sink money into special effects budget it's gonna be god awful mm. um it's the cw why do we have to put an if in front of that god, it's it just, will be awful it's just gonna be so bad uh what was the thing that nick sent me uh he likes to tor- torment me by sending things that happen <laughs> in the cw <laughs> uh oh yeah the Linda Carter is going to be in it. Oh, no. Oh, Linda Carter's going to be in it. Also, I can't remember his name, but the first Robin from, like, like Adam West's Robin is going to be in it. And he's fucking fat. <laughs> uh... Like, they're bringing everyone into this, which would be so much fun if it wasn't the CW. Yeah. Like, just having all of these universes. Oh, and the Titans are going to be in it. Of course. They're bringing in... I did see that. They're bringing in, like, the the DC Universe Titans. Yeah. Which, like... I, it's getting to the point where... It, when they're getting people like Linda Carter into it, like... 
I might watch it and we might do an episode on it. Like put myself to. through it just to just to see how they handle this volume of like just historic players like uh, like actors of these of of these characters. Mhm. Or is it just going to follow like our stupid fucking dumbass Batman Green Arrow and Flash and Supergirl and just like oh hey, Wonder Woman and Linda Carter just like flies by just like what's up? Just like fucking you wasted Linda Carter on that? <laughs> Guarantee you that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But... It's like I mean it's going to be like a 4-hour ordeal, isn't it? All told. I think so, yeah. Something like that. So I might end up putting myself through it for Yay. the fans. Anyway. Anyway. What else is happening? Uh, Zoe Kravitz is playing Catwoman. Yes, she is. I'm on board. Feels like kind of a dark horse, but... I want to be on board, but the only thing I can remember seeing her in and having any kind of a role was Crimes of Grindelwald. And she was a nothing character in that, with lots of sad monotone lines. Yeah. So... The way... Okay, this is going to sound really weird. Don't judge a book by its color color don't judge a book by its cover but she looks like she could play a really good catwoman yeah she's got this very like seductive i get what i want kind of yeah i kind of face i see it (laughs) yeah and i imagine if she had reasonably interesting writing she could probably yeah be pretty good um on that same note uh fucking what's his name jonah hill jonah hill is out Yep. Uh, he is no longer in talks to be people. Shocker. It didn't seem like he was going to be a particularly great anything. And, and I think I talked about that when it was discussed. Like, mm-hmm. if I had to choose either a Joker or a uh, either a Riddler or a Penguin, he's not the first I would really go for for either. Nah. He's not even in, like, the top ten I'd go for either. Yeah. So, I'm not surprised he's out. Uh, Zoe Kravitz just looks like Catwoman and, like... Yeah. Um, I probably would have taken Vanessa Kirby or Isa Gonzalez over Joe Kravitz, but I'm not going to complain until I've seen the movie. Yeah. Also, Catwoman is Aquaman's stepdaughter. Zoe Kravitz is Jason Momoa's stepdaughter. (laughs) Did you not know that? (laughs) No, look it up. No. That's actually the thing. Zoe Kravitz is straight up Jason Momoa's stepdaughter. I don't believe you. <laughs> He's looking it up right now. You I guys can look it up too while he's doing you. this. Weird. Yeah, there it is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Jason Momoa's 39? Yeah. How old do you think he was? I thought he was like 27. God, no. Oh. Dude's almost 40. That makes a little more sense in my head now. Okay. I was like, they're the same age. What? They're not the same age. <laughs> no, Jason Momoa is a, getting to be an old coot. Yeah, he's like, I think he's actually probably 40 now. Because that article is from last year. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a, that's a fun little connection between the two of them. All right. That'll be like a, if, if we ever get down the line to a, a DC crossover movie, that'd be a fun little like they've got to throw a line in there, <laughs> like Jason Momoa, like because uh, by then Aquaman will be like all kingly and like mm-hmm. wisdom and like fatherly advice to people, and he'll say something. She'll be like, and Catwoman would be a character that would look at Aquaman and go, "Thanks, Dad." 
<laughs> like those characters would work that way. You're not my real dad. You're not my dad. You're not my real dad. Oof. Put that in there. Just watch Jason Momoa break character in the middle of the movie. Just go, oh, you're not wrong. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the thing. Um, yep. Did we report on the fact that Jeffrey Wright was cast, or at least was looking at being cast as Commissioner Gordon? We did not discuss that. Okay. Who's Jeffrey Wright? Uh, he's the guy with the soft voice and the glasses. Great. So, Gary Oldman? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gary Oldman's a yeller. Well, Sometimes. in like, Leon the Professional, yeah. Oh, we did not talk about that. Yeah. Wait, right or left? Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Going for a black, uh... I mean, yeah, I guess that... I mean, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Just as if you cast Batgirl, you, she's got to be at least half black. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, like the things with Titans, that they cast uh, Jericho and Rose Wilson, mm-hmm. and they were both Asian. And I'm like, if Adeline's not Asian, I'm going to lose my shit. And Adeline is like the Asianist of Asian actresses I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I was like, all right, you're good. Good. Um, so, yeah. I think he'll be a good Gordon. He's got gravitas, but he's not going to overpower Batman or anything. Yeah. I've never seen him in anything, I don't think. He's in a couple of the Hunger Games movies. That's he's exactly. he's always kind of like a, a secondary character, but he's probably been a secondary character in something you've seen. Surely he was in, like, Green Lantern or something. Uh. God. Not to bring that back. <laughs> uh, let's see. You got anything else while I look at his filmography? I did have another thing else, but I don't remember, so I'm going to be killing time while I open up my uh, thing. Um, oh, well, there's a Chicken Run 2 is officially in pre-production, which is weird. Speaking of sequels, uh, Aquaman 2, they're looking at a 2022 release date. Oh, sweet. So that's... Aquaman that's... 2, 2022. That's kind of coming right up. Man, who's it going to He's going to... Ah. If it was coming out in 2020, that would be so much better. <laughs> like 2020. Yeah, no, that would be good. Um, I wonder who's going to play... Who's going who's gonna to fight? Because Black Manta's still Two out face. there. Two-Face. God damn. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's... He's got, like, villains. But they've done Ocean Master... And I guess Black Manta's still out there, so it's probably just going to be a revenge plot. Yeah. So that'll be a, that'll be a thing. Straightforward. Um, yeah. No, I don't. Think, I don't think I have anything else. Our um, Matrix Four has apparently added Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, interesting. interesting. Oh, there was another. Uh, there's another. There's more casting for the Amazon Lord of the Rings thing. Oh. That's going slow, which is good. It's a good sign. Good sign. Usually. I don't remember. Oh, what the fuck? China just revealed a new attack helicopter, a stealth attack helicopter. That's not movie news. That's unnerving. Uh, yeah, I went I went over too far on my news thing to <laughs> got to uh, tech. Uh, Jessica Henwick is also apparently in talks to be the lead in The Matrix 4. Oh, cool. So she's good. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and John Krasinski are making a f- movie together. That's going to be... be the funniest shit ever. That's going to be great. <laughs> Or it could be the darkest shit ever, because... Also true. They could... Has Ryan Reynolds done anything, like, serious? Yep. What? what? Uh, the Voices, where he's a serial killer. Oh! That talks to his cat and his dog, also both voiced by Ryan Reynolds. That's fun. It's a weird, <laughs> weird movie, but it's yeah. pretty good. 
uh, do you know who uh, Stephen Lobo is? They cast nope. Stephen Lobo as uh, as uh, Spectre, mm-hmm. and they didn't even bother attempting to make him Lobo. Come on, missed Lame. opportunity. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. By the way, so people who don't know, Jessica Henwick is uh, Colleen Wing from Iron, Iron Fist. Fist, and also one of the Sand Snakes from Game of Thrones. Yes, and also a random uh, pilot from Force Awakens. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go watch Force Awakens again yeah. just to see her because she is fucking amazing and i love her yep she's easily the best thing of uh of iron fist apparently edward norton is uh open to returning to the mcu as a villain can you imagine whoa (laughs) what if he comes back as abomination (laughs) oh that'd be great (laughs) all right uh i don't think i have anything i don't have anything else uh last jedi has a reported but not confirmed runtime of two and a half hours give or take all right um yeah did you say last jedi nope yes you did rise of skywalker there you go that's what i said <laughs> those were the words that came out of my mouth like it took a minute for it to register in my brain <laughs> as opposed to everywhere else it took a couple seconds for it to register in my brain and it, it registered on my penis immediately you went that flaccid i like last jedi shut up <laughs> i was okay Moving on. Moving on. I don't Woo! even want to try to explain that what I just thought. That was a horrifying fucking just <laughs> series of sentences. You know what else is horrifying? Horror movies. Horror movies. At least the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best in segues. Okay. So uh, this is uh, this is a result of A, TRC hasn't finished Lord of the Rings. So we just literally, it's Wednesday Three days after it's supposed, to, the episode was supposed to release, and I like texted Matt. And I'm like, "Fuck, should we just like shift around some episodes or release a backup?" And <laughs> literally, we decided that we're gonna do this episode about an hour ago. Yeah, we. <laughs> I think you texted me the topic idea at seven fourteen, and it is eight forty. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, this is uh, this is not just like a random episode. However, uh, I talked to. Both Stuart and Dwayne, who have listened to the podcast, I don't know if they uh, are going to listen to this one. I'm going to tell them to listen to this one. All right. Because we, we were talking yesterday about horror movies. Uh, given that we are coming up on Halloween, um, there is just this giant, uh, like what's I guess collection's not the word I'm looking for, but uh, this library of horror movies that are out there. Ove, Ovra. Ooh? <laughs> 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 don't know how to i still don't know how to pronounce it and i think it's oeuvre oof oof is it french uh it'd be oof if it's french well it's o-e-u-v-r-e what's that what's the definition uh like a body of work okay oeuvre there's a large oeuvre of it's either oeuvre or oeuvre there's a large ovary of horror movies that's out there the, that's the one um and we got to talking about like what makes a horror movie genuinely good. All right. Um, and I think there's a couple ways we can clarify what we mean by that. Uh, one of which is, does it maintain its ability to be horrifying? Mm hmm to present day does it like withstand the test of time okay which we will get into and does it leave 
a mark on you. Okay. Physically, like, do does the murderer come out and stab you in the sh- in the chest, and you're like, oh, hey, this is the time I went and watched Halloween three. That's there's six stab wounds. <laughs> no, does this it, joke? Does it leave a lasting effect on you after you leave the theater and until like I mean even permanently like I've got examples of permanent fucking scarring from <laughs> a good horror movie. Um, Interesting, because that's not at all the criteria I would have gone for. What 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 what's your criteria? Well, I would have thought it's an intersection between a good movie and b horrifying movie. Because there are there are scary and horrifying movies that are not good movies, and there are good movies that have horror elements that are not scary or horrifying. Those are, I don't think, like mutually exclusive. I think it's just kind of a different approach at the same. Yeah, it's there's sort centerpiece. of centerpiece. There's sort of two spectrums almost. Yeah, and it's you gotta you gotta hit at least one of them well. Yeah. Um. So. Matt, what what is your initial thought? I've given that I just had a huge conversation, like a two hour conversation yesterday about this. I've got mm-hmm. some really fresh ideas, so I want to get your take first. Okay, what when you're watching a horror movie, what or what what do you recall as a really really good horror movie, and like what do you think makes that the case? I'm hiccuping a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I just had really greasy burritos right before this, and I'm just <laughs> my body is trying to expel them. Um. Well, one common thread I think that's gone through the horror movies I've liked best is that they were scary or tense, but that was almost ancillary to them being emotionally effective in some other way. So some of my favorite horror movies are A Quiet Place, which is masterfully tense, just pooping your pants the whole way through kind of movie. Let's throw our like our top ones out there right now. Just okay. Things I actually gonna... I pulled up uh, horror movies on IMDb and sorted by my rating just to prepare for this <laughs> okay, episode. Okay, good. Uh, I have given eight horror movies ever nine stars out of ten. Okay. And that are those are A Quiet Place, The Babadook, Train to Busan, The Host, Black Christmas, The Birds, Get Out, and The Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Um, my, oh, I didn't, I actually hadn't considered Silence Lambs a horror movie, which now, like, it, well, obviously looking back, it totally fuck, is. It totally is. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, I don't have like rankings. I don't know right. how I can, so, uh, so it is up there. Silence of the Lambs is up there. Follow, uh, it follows. Oh, yep. That's, that's an eight star one for me. Definitely up there for me. And I'm going to reference that one a lot. Okay. Good. Um, that's something that a lot of what my arguments are is very rooted in it follows All right. and a quiet place. Okay. Um, and I fucking lost it. This is embarrassing. I'm scrolling through my list to see if I can figure out what it was. Oh my God. What's a horror movie that I, that... uh, the mist, no, I haven't seen uh, it. the others, the others. Okay. That, that one's one. I haven't seen it forever. And so I don't have really great examples from it, but I did love it. Alien Halloween. Uh, not particularly us i mean us was was good but <laughs> I, it's uh, i don't think that it does a great job of living up to what my criteria is going to be all right all right uh, so anyway so we'll get we'll get into that we'll talk so, some horror movies yeah um so like i was saying uh my most of those favorite horror movies of mine they're scary or tense or both mm-hmm. um but they have some secondary theme that could stand on its own. 
it just it happens to be plopped into a movie that is scary or horrifying uh so i'm thinking a quiet place is a really great family drama yeah that just happens to revolve around the fact that there's monsters trying to eat you at every minute of every there is a lot of like just subplot of the family interworking yeah just like does the does the dad blame the daughter for the youngest son's death and just sort of that that tension but like he does love her because he's trying to work on the hearing aids and yeah not the um oh that's right it was she's the one who gave him the yeah give him the toy that's right yeah so she kind of blames herself and she's afraid that he blames him yeah and that's sort of the inciting drama and then just building the relationships and so it this as the story moves on you get invested in not just the characters as individuals but the character group as a unit yeah uh and so without spoiling anything certain events that happen as the story picks up yep uh impact you more i think yes um the babadook too is i think it's kind of my example of the perfect horror movie because it is really creepy and mm-hmm. quite scary and i should not have watched it alone <laughs> at twelve thirty at night with all of the lights off oh boy that was either the best or worst decision i've ever made <laughs> um that's a deeply unsettling movie but i would argue that the predominant emotion is something closer to sadness yeah so you're scared the whole time, but at the end of it, you're more likely to cry Interesting. than um, let out a breath of relief. Yeah, it uh, it's it, it's probably I mean partly it's because it's more tightly allegorical mm-hmm. than some of those others. Like the Babadook itself sort of represents grief, but not in a way that can be boiled down to a single word description. Yeah, grief. It's like a whole host of accompanying emotions and thoughts and stuff. Yeah. But again, it's exploring this idea in a way that just happens to exist in a horror movie. Cause that's the easiest way to frame it. Mm-hmm. The idea itself, the, the emotions, the relationship between this mother and her son is enough to carry a movie on its own. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's okay. There's, there's a starting point for you. Okay. I think that ties kind of well into well not 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 perfectly well the the you could see face value how it could tie but very different essence um so my initial uh kind of explanation to uh Dwayne and Stewart about like what makes a good movie stand out to me is the 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 oh my god i'm losing it all no uh the actual suspense okay like the actual suspense mm-hmm. um and what i mean by that is i i tied it into we fought a ducks okay where the writing has done its job to make suspense mm-hmm. um and an example and it's suspense that lasts the whole movie mm-hmm. um to me if a movie gives if a suspenseful movie gives you too much reprieve it just fucked itself yeah because then it's got to work its way back up there yeah but a movie like it follows immediately starts with showing you what happens when you get caught yeah and then just constantly makes you think you're gonna get caught for the next hour and 45 minutes yeah and it's fucking harrowing yep 
um oh the hunt was actually one that i kind of slid into that it's not a horror movie right but along that same like this kind of same reasoning that the whole movie it's just it's the roller coaster Mm -hmm. cranking you up a hill Mm -hmm. but you don't see the end of the hill Mm -hmm. it just keeps going and you're like fuck fuck, this is all going to come crashing down at some point, but I don't know when it's going to happen. Is it going to come crashing down? Am I just going to be cranking in this on this roller coaster and I'm going to hit a cloud and then suddenly it's just going to like peak and it's, I'm just going to land back at the back at the uh, at the station. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Or is it just going to fall off the edge and I'm going to die? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I can't see the end and it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, But it's the it's the moments of reprieve that really shaft the movie mm-hmm. um it's it's just the difference between short term and long term mm-hmm. uh suspense like yeah when you're watching halloween like or like you're watching like old slasher movies like mm-hmm. but oh, not good ones because i was going to bring up halloween as a good example of maintaining tension throughout yeah uh, you just got Freddy kind of following, or Jason kind of following you, and you're like, oh, no, he's going to catch her, and then she gets away for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a, a good example is the first Halloween. Mm-hmm. Of, actually, I'll get into that one. That's a different... I have three points. Okay. And the first one is the long-term okay. tension. Sustained tension. All Sustained right. tension just the entire time. Because... You want to be cramping your asshole with how much it's been clinched mm-hmm. the entire movie. Um, I really don't have much else on that point. All right, good, because I can jump off of that. Go and for it. Thoughts I just had. Uh, well, a, a Quiet Place just has to be the Uber example of yes. that. Oh, yeah. Did and I not mention that one? Briefly. I did? Okay. Yes, that so. was definitely one of the... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I already talked about how this is one where it's a poop yourself from minute one to minute 90. It's a 90-minute movie. Good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that it immediately sets up. Here's the threat. There is no reprieve. Yeah. There's no, it's just, it gets harsher and harsher and scarier and scarier. There is an element though of, of introducing reprieve as a rarity. Yeah. So a really good example is in a quiet place Mm -hmm. when they go to the waterfall, Mm -hmm. there's a reprieve 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 there's mm-hmm. a reprieve from the silence yeah but that is an that's a very extra normal circumstance it it doesn't it does nothing to sideline the threat itself yes um it's it's a chance to take a breath and talk but you know both them and the the audience knows the moment they walk away the threat is still fully there yep um it like it it just it that is done really well mm-hmm. because like you said it has nothing to do with uh, it, god man it does nothing to curb the uh the the danger right it's just something to hide for a second but you mm-hmm. know it won't last it's yeah it, i think it's useful to have that sort of deep breath where you can be like okay we're okay in this moment and then it it kind of rejuvenates you a little bit because as soon as they bat their back, you're like, oh, no, we're <laughs> back. Oh, yep. this is going to get bloody. Yep. Um, yeah. I think I think another couple that I mentioned, uh, Black Christmas is another really good one at 
it's basically the premise is there's this killer and he breaks into a sorority house and just starts picking off girls one by one yep. over the course of a few days. And it like, it's just this one guy, you know, he's there, you know, nothing about him, mm-hmm. but as the girls get picked off faster and faster and we're trying to narrow down who it could possibly be or what the, what could possibly be going on. It just, it ramps up the tension mm-hmm. without giving you a reprieve, without shifting the paradigm at all to try yeah. to, put it in some sort of different situation yeah and so it's this it's that continuous underlying tension yeah again that makes that one work so well yeah and like and you kind of mentioned this a little bit uh to kind of go into the next next one you you mentioned something about uh with fuck i can't so for this one you're not sure who it is and then there was something you mentioned previously that kind of tied into this. Mm-hmm. But the next point is actually something that you've mentioned several times in the podcast. Okay. I don't know what the quote is. I couldn't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. The moment you show the monsters, the moment you lose the fear, the audience's fear. That's, yeah. Whatever that's, the... I don't know what the exact quote is, but that's the idea. Who's... Do you know who said that? Uh, <laughs> like Stephen King or something? It might be that sounds like a Stephen King thing to say because that is something that's actually incredibly important mm-hmm. for subconsciously treating the audience like adults. It's not letting the adults figure it out themselves, right? It's letting the the subconscious run it for them. Yep. Um. So that's something that Alien actually fails because it shows the alien about halfway through, doesn't it? It shows bits and pieces. Bits of it. Yeah. I think that's something it does really effectively. Okay, I, c- Alien, I couldn't remember. Yeah, because Alien, um, it. So, so just to go back to your point, um, when a horror movie hides the monster, it's letting your imagination do the work, letting your imagination build the scariest thing it can imagine, exactly, and putting it in the situation. And Alien you know you're making up an alien monster that can look like anything yeah and it just gives you these really terrifying little bits and pieces yeah here's what its face looks like why does it have two mouths you don't know it's a horror movie monster it's coming to get you and so it it just teases you enough where you're like trying to flesh out the rest of this thing Mm -hmm. and i think i think it does that effectively a partly because it's just great monster design yeah and then B, because it doesn't give you the whole thing. It doesn't give you a sense of how the alien moves, yeah. how it looks in light, what its strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. It's mostly a formless shape in the shadows. Yeah. Um, with a penis-shaped head. Yes. Very penis-shaped. Yep. Uh, another example of like a really good hiding the monster is It Follows. Exactly. That we don't know what that fucker looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's the terrifying thing of shape changers. Right. Shape changers can, uh, or shape shifters can actually be a full cop out on, oh, you don't know what it looks like. It could be scary. Like, I feel like the Boggart is kind of like a, like, it's almost kind yeah. of like a cop out, but it's, not entirely. The, the, the principle of the Boggart is that it's your I, fear. I think I see what you're saying. Hitchcock has explained very effectively the difference between surprise and suspense. And he says, surprise is you're sitting in the cafe, you're having dinner, or you're watching a scene of a group sitting in a cafe, they're having dinner, and boom, a bomb goes off. You're surprised. You're shocked. Yeah. Suspense is you see that bomb placed three minutes earlier. Yeah. And you watch for three minutes as they eat dinner, and you know the bomb's there, and you know they don't know the bomb's there. Mm-hmm. It's that, I'd call it dramatic irony. 
I guess. It would literally be dramatic irony. That's dramatic. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, where you you know look at us something. using literature terms. Yeah. Look at us go. Dramatic irony is when the audience knows something that characters in the thing don't. We're pretentious now. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so he yeah so suspense. Uh, surprise can be an effective tool, but suspense is more effective at that sustained tension. Yeah. That you uh, keep talking up. That's and that's going all the way back to like cheap jump scares slasher movies it's a surprise everywhere it's it's all surprise and those never stick with me right uh oh there's one that stick sticks with me but it's it can be done really effectively if you put a cheap jump scare along with the suspense such Mm -hmm. as when it follows when the dude's face just appears around the corner yeah and you're like literally just vomit (laughs) yeah that's that's a that's a climactic moment of tension right there exactly capitalizing nicely but like we don't know what the what the 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 it looks like right we just know that it could be anyone right and that's i mean that's where like that that movie just shines yeah it it walks that line so nicely where it's like it looks like a person it doesn't behave exactly like a person it walks towards you but there's also perfectly innocent and normal behaviors that could be misconstrued as it following you like such as a person just walking and they yeah. happen to be walking towards you. And so there's that constant underlying suspense where even if you you sort of know the monster's deal, mm-hmm. you don't know if that's it. And so it's it's kind of showing the monster but not at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's like top ten scenes for me is something that you mentioned a while back. And I went back and watched it again. Mm-hmm. Is the, the spinning camera. Oh, I love that. Like where it, it's just it's horrifying and i I actually pulled up like scariest moments of it follows and like it actually wasn't in there so i was kind of disappointed but mm. there was one scene where it was like the old lady following her in the either hospital or school or something mm-hmm. and i like looking at it i looked back at Stuart who hadn't seen it yet and he like watched it and i was like fucking means nothing to you huh and he's like nope and i'm like that is exactly because of and the, the reason i mentioned we got we fought a ducks mm-hmm. is because the premise of that fucking happening yep. is absolutely horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the but the the scene that Matt and I were talking about is the there's a scene in a car where it's an empty car, right? They get yeah, out of the car. They, they park and they get out of the car and the camera's the camera still stays, in the, like the back seat. And it's it's facing the front of the car and then it starts to very slowly turn. Mm-hmm. And it's slowly turning. It's kind of hits tr- a quarter of the way. It's sort of tracking them inside. It's slowly as they go turning. And we're still getting the audio of their conversation inside the building. Yep. And then it hits the back of the car, and you see behind the car an old woman just walking towards the car. Mm hmm. Amidst like pretty much nothing else, I think there was a couple other people there's, like on the side of the shot. There's enough people in the shot. It's like it's. I think it's set in a school. Yeah. Is the shot. And so there's enough people around that it could just be a random bystander, yep. but you're pretty sure it's not. And then it spins the next like 30 seconds, 45 seconds, spinning all the way back around yep. to show the back of the car and the woman's gone. And it's just like, fucking, was it? <laughs> What's going on? And it's just this, it's a, that movie is a masterclass in suspense. Yes. I think that like, you can't do a movie more suspenseful than literally just i think it's just the best suspense movie ever because it takes 
the most trivial thing mm-hmm. and turns it against you. I'm going to I'm going to say quiet place is more suspenseful because it's a more elemental fear. Okay. It's everyone instinctively fears being caught by a bigger, faster, stronger animal and eaten. Yeah. Not everyone fears being slowly stalked by a person who gruesomely rapes you to death. Yeah. Those fucking scenes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, follows us up there, though. Uh, oh yeah, for me at least. Um, yeah, I'll say. And that and that kind of begins to bleed into my next point about um. It takes your it it takes something that you that is trivial or something that you know and turns it against you. Mm-hmm. And that my my perfect segue is Chucky. Hmm. Where you talked about how it turns what we know in society and turns it against us mm-hmm. via the smart home stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that's why my the reason that's my segue is because my, my last point is it's, it, it, it's scary because it can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by that, I mean, if you, uh, what's the what's the movie that hush or no yeah yeah where like they cut the phone lines yeah immediately negates that like you're you're just like that you're like you watch the halloween movies or friday the 13th or something like that and if it's like they're in a town or something be like mm-hmm. oh just fucking call the police yep like there's the, if there's an inherent solution mm-hmm. then it's immediately not as scary yeah but if you do something that takes what you know currently as the way out Mm -hmm. and either removes it very clearly or flips it on you, Mm -hmm. then it's that, that, that fixes it. Um, Going back to it follows. They address the fact that it knows where you are all the time Mm -hmm. and will constantly move towards you. Mm -hmm. So you can't just go anywhere. It's, it's not that you can just, like hide from it right like your your solution any solution you have and it follows is not gonna work right because you can fly to italy from new york just like if you like live in new york you just fly to italy and sure you'd be safe for a long time but that's actually worse because you don't know how long you'd be safe yep you don't know how fast that fucker work moves over water yeah <laughs> I just, I just, I always imagine, like, my my favorite thing about thinking about It Follows is, like, it actually can't swim, but it can buy a plane ticket. <laughs> and it's, it's just imagining this thing just, like, reading Sky Mall on, like, United Way, uh, United, and it's just, like, like, waiting, and then it just gets up and just, like, walks. The music stops. Like, it, it's just this stupid, like, behind the, or, uh... The counter scene of mm-hmm. it's it's the music the music mm-hmm. of it like walking through the terminal <laughs> and then it like it just kind of drops it's like stoic like perfectly standing straight and just like looking straight forward and just hands the ticket to the um to the stewardess and then just gets on the plane sits down reads sky mall and then the moment they land it's like and the belt seatbelt light comes off and he goes and like just the music starts get just gets up immediately just walks off the plane it's just as weird it's like gotta get on a plane if we had 
a five-figure budget, that'd be a great sketch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so, yeah. The, the idea of removing your comfort mm-hmm. or turning it against you. Mm-hmm. It's something that's terrifying. Uh, right. And like, so a quiet place, there's really no way of getting out of that. Yeah. <laughs> Other than just being quiet. Yep. That's all I got. Yep. Um, I'm going to just avoid going into whole genre horror stuff like horror comedy and sci-fi horror just because that's a whole realm unto itself. Yeah. Uh, I want to make a quick note of horror as social commentary as seen in get out and the host Mm -hmm. uh that's i I think that again goes back to my original point of it's tying a a non-horror thing to a horror movie just because that's the most effective way to tell a story and sell that point uh and it it might even make those points more effective to put them in a horror movie just because horror kind of puts you on edge mm-hmm. in a real instinctive visceral way yeah and so you're probably just a little more susceptible to manipulation emotional psychological yeah manipulation anyway and it's definitely like i mean we kind of uh, we did talk about it the leaving the ambiguity of what the 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 enemy is because your brain just fills in exactly what scares you the most mm-hmm. um and that's just like horror just does what it does, and I it does what it does because it's one of the most visceral emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you said that exactly. Did you say those words? I said the word visceral. Damn it! I thought so I, I like the word visceral. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also said visceral like twice today already. Okay. Yeah. So it's a good word. I can beat you to it. Uh, I also said ethereal several times. This is true. I said it way wrong. And I said that I'm a big believer in saying the wrong word to say the right thing. I said the phrase, I'm ethereally tired, which even though it makes no sense, like vocabularily, like it, you understand what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> wrong word to say the right thing. Yep. It's, it's an important um, skill. But damn it. I fucking forgot my point again. Shit. Oh, I know who Jeffrey Wright is. He plays Felix Leiter in the Daniel Craig, James Bonds. Uh, it's been a hot minute since I've seen any of those. <laughs> wow, what a... I had his IMDb page open, and I was just kind of, like, looking at it, because it's over on the other side of the uh-huh. window. I have my horror movies on the left side, and the, his IMDb on the right. And I was mm-hmm. like, Casino Royale. Oh, Casino Royale, that's right. Yeah. Um, I had a thing about horror... Uh, I'm almost there. Because uh, you were talking about it being a social commentary. Um... Well, I mean, I, I guess. Nah, I fucking lost it. It was a really good point too, and I don't want to sit here, all right, for a million years <laughs> trying to think of it. Um, so I mean, I've made my point. I've yeah. said my words. We're at an hour, so we've right. we've filled this episode. Any last? I do also want to throw out there. This is a point we made last year when we did our two-part Halloween movie, but um, horror responds to social trends and social fears so like yeah. the slasher movies coincided with the uptick in interpersonal violence and murder rates in the u.s mm-hmm. uh and so i don't have a grander point i just wanted to point that out again oh, yeah because it was a good point yep uh all right well shall we we shall all right uh thanks everyone for listening to this uh it was kind of messy but you know i think i think we made some good points here today said some good things today 
you can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean and Spotify. That's the new one. We're on Spotify now, so add us hey, to your feed there. We made it. We've made it. We've made it big in the world. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, you can find us on Facebook, where we're gonna crowdsource ideas for something. I don't remember what it was we were going to crowdsource ideas for. Comic re- comic reviews. Comics yeah. for us to review. Yeah, so if you've got an idea for a comic to us review for us. Wow. If you've got an idea for a comic for us to review, uh, you should probably leave it on our Facebook. Although you can also find us on Twitter at JustUsLosersPod. Uh, we're on Instagram under the same handle at JustUsLosersPod. I don't know if that's the right way to say those words. At Instagram handle, username, persona something it's a handle all right we're on instagram where we post pictures of uh, russian people in comic books i guess yeah that's what we do pretty much um if we post if we post a picture of a russian person in a comic book instagram will probably crash or something (laughs) let's do it there's plenty of russians and i'll just go find a fucking picture of august red there you go that's a russian I'll just take a picture of the cover of Red Sun. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I win. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where else are we? We have a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com, where you can send uh, all of your things that you think make horror movies good that we didn't even touch on. Because, man, horror is such a diverse genre. Like, there's horror commentary. No, horror comedy. I was thinking about the social commentary thing. Yeah, you were, you were stuck on your own point. Well, I looked at Tucker and Dale versus <laughs> evil on my list of horror movies, which is Tucker and Dale versus evil is a great horror movie. Cause it's, it's simultaneously a parrot, like a hilarious parody, a straightforward bloody horror movie and a really biting social commentary, but then also like a really great sort of human drama mm-hmm. story all bundled into one. And so I thought about comedy, but I also thought, man, that's kind of a social commentary too. Commentary. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Uh yeah, so if you if if you want to talk about uh other types of horror movies, uh the place to probably do that, you if you've got extended thoughts would be that justusloserspod at gmail dot com. Bonus points if you can tie it into a bionicle theory somehow. So hit us with that, justusloserspod at gmail.com. Uh, next week, we might have Tiercy on for Lord of the Rings, huh. or maybe... Maybe it'll just, it'll just be us. This is the last chance. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or 2017 movies. Or 2017 movies. That's coming down the pipe at some point before the end of the month, but so is Lord of the Rings just talking about the movies, yep. not the books. The books don't exist. What books? There are no books. One book to rule them all! <laughs> uh, anyway and in, the, and in the darkness you can't read <laughs> that's why you buy a little reading lamp that's true yeah i think that's all the things i'm supposed to say thanks for listening bye 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 ah, fuck. damn it <laughs> <laughs>